Today we're going into the vault. As you know, the Remodeler Summit, coming this September, features four education tracks, one of which is Exit Strategies. Creating Your Business Exit Roadmap was originally recorded on July 29th, 2021. This was a really great episode. Enjoy. In today's solo episode of Power Tips Unscripted, Victoria talks to Ashley Mitake, CEO of True North Retirement Advisors. 81% of business owners want to stop working in their business in the next 10 years. Yet most business owners are paralyzed and do nothing about their exit. For most, it's because the process seems overwhelming and they simply don't know where to begin. Well, Ashley is here to share the most important decisions you will need to make as you begin to plan your business exit. And we'll hear what they are in just a minute. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. What are you people on dope? Today, we're really excited to have with us Ashley Michike. She's the co-owner and CEO of True North Retirement Advisors, a family-run advisory firm. Ashley specializes in the unique needs and challenges that business owners face, and she helps them create highly customizable, successful exit plans, something we're all very interested in. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you for having me, Victoria. It's great to be here. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we work with so many small business owners and so many of them hope to exit in a way that's beneficial. And but yet I've seen over the years many that haven't been able to pull that off. How did you get started in working in this field? Uh, well, I, I think like a lot of people with a lot of things, I fell into it quite by accident. Um, so I actually started out as a generalist financial advisor early in my career. And through that, I found that I uh, carved out this niche with working with 401k plans and small businesses. And what I found is that most of my small business clients, uh, they were very close to retirement. Most of them were in their 50s and 60s. They had, you know, maybe anywhere from five to 50 employees. And they were planning and saving for their retirement through the 401k, but they were doing nothing at all to um, address the elephant in the room, which was their business and what they were going to do with that when they retire. And then about seven or eight years ago, I had a client that died very suddenly of a heart attack. And I watched from the sidelines as the business crumbled. His, oh. his wife came in to run it. She had not worked in the business previously. I think she was like a retired school teacher. Oh my. And, and, you know, she did the best she could and she actually, you know, did fine. And there was a management team in place, which was also very helpful. Yes. But what they ended up doing after about 18 months is they sold for uh, much less than what the company was worth to, I'm on the, we're on the West coast. The, the uh, competitor that bought them was on the East coast and they just wanted a couple of key things like the manufacturing and the brand name of the product that they made. And so what they did after buying the business was basically laid off all of, all but like, you know, three people. A lot of these people were late in their careers when it's very difficult to, uh, you know, find another job. And, and so it was, it, 
that one event, his untimely death and the fact that he had nothing in place to ensure that his business could survive and thrive without him uh, was devastating. It had this ripple effect, everything from his family um, down to his employees. And um, so that that was like the catalyst for starting to have more conversations with clients about exit planning and making sure that things go according to plan. And uh, the longer you plan, the more options you have. So, um, you know, he ran out of options the instant he died and his family did. So yeah. we want to avoid that to the extent that we can. So when you're thinking about all the options, if there, if there's a variety of options out there, right? You have to decide which is the best for you. But what? So what are one of the what's one of the first things that a business owner should do when they're when they're thinking about these options and their exit? Yeah, that's a really good question. So most business owners start kind of in the middle. I think they start with their timeline and they say, "Okay, I want to exit in, you know, a year or five years or whatever that is." And that's not where I would start because uh, you're, you're kind of put the cart before the horse. So the place that I always start with business owners is uh, what is your business worth today? Because it, it may not, it may be worth what you need it to be. And then you can pursue an exit path and start to think about, well, what does that path look, look like? Is it selling to an employee or uh, selling to a competitor or some other third party. So, but we need to know what the business is worth first. And then that gives, that informs you of, do I need to pursue more growth and try to grow this business? Or can I start to really think seriously about my exit and make plans for that exit? So, you know, it's kind of interesting because it seems like, I think a lot of people just go on and figure they'll get what they get for it. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And they don't think <laughs> about the fact that they have control over how this business delivers to them. But even back one more before that, if you don't have a personal financial plan, does it matter if you know what your business is worth? Because don't you have to have that personal plan, how you want to live your life and how you want your family to live their life so that you know if the business will deliver on that? Yeah. Certainly or not. Yeah. And, and so the business is a large component for, so for most business owners, a significant portion of their net worth is tied up in the business. So going back to your comment before, where you get what you get, my, my seven-year-old daughter likes to tell her four-year-old brother, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> but, but you know that's not a way to because because if a lot of your net worth is tied up in your business and you're just you're just going along and saying, well, I hope I get something from it, but that's the, it doesn't, it's not going to lead in, in maximum value or you meeting your goals for retirement. So in the broader context of, of the financial picture, um, the business value is one component of it. So you, you would combine your income sources like social security. Maybe you worked somewhere else before and you had a pension. You ha hopefully have other uh, retirement assets like a 401k or maybe you have rental properties or maybe you own the real estate that your business operates out of and you want to continue to own that and, and have an income stream from that. So it's highly individualized uh, for every business owner. But in many cases, the business is a key component of that plan 
to exit. And there's an interesting um, statistic. There's a study that comes out every year that I look very closely at, and it's the same consistent result year after year. Uh, and what they found is that about 80% of business owners would like to exit their business in the next 10 years. And of those, the vast majority of those business owners would exit today but they do not have their financial ducks in a row. They're not at a place financially where they could exit. And so they're, they have to work longer. So there's a substantial amount of owners out there that really would like to exit and they need to sell their business or they need to get something from their business in order to supplement their other assets and income sources. So in your experience, how if you have a date, I mean, if you have a date, well, how much time should you leave or, or when should you begin planning? 10 years before you want to leave? Five years before you want to leave? When should you really start digging in and taking this seriously and making the moves? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, ideally, uh, the longer that you plan, the more options that you have. So if you want to start planning your exit a year out, we just have to throw out a lot of things that we just don't have the time to do. Most things just go out the window. Five years is pretty ideal. I find that at five years, um, now you can't do everything. So a, a type A planner, I would recommend they start planning like 10 years out because you have the most options. You have the, the most opportunities to really um, go at a at a reasonable pace with your exit because you don't want your exit planning to take away from running the business. A lot of owners are still running the day-to-day -day or at least pieces of it. Right. So it can't be this all-consuming thing. But at five years, I find that most owners... They, they see the light at the end of the tunnel they're, and they're motivated enough to actually make progress on their exit. 10 years out, it's like, oh, I got lots of time. And so they may not take it as seriously or take the necessary steps if they plan too far in advance. But I always tell owners there are things that you can and should do that are part of a good exit strategy. Um, like, you know, making sure that you have... If you have, I have clients who have like proprietary processes and trade secrets and, you know, do you have employment agreements for your employees? Do you, have they signed non-disclosure agreements? You know, so there are certain things that apply to certain businesses where you, sh those are all part of a sound exit strategy, but they're all things that you could or should be doing years and years and years in advance of your uh, targeted departure date. So let's say that I am a type A planner and I want all my options to be open to me. What are those options? If you can give them to me in a, in a nutshell-ish. Yeah, so a really good one that I use as an example a lot. A lot of businesses, they may operate as a certain entity structure, like maybe they operate as a C corp or an S corp or LLC, or you know, maybe that makes a lot of sense when they're actually running their business. But depending on the path of exit that they choose, um, that business structure may no longer make sense for their exit strategy. So they may want to, to change their entity structure as they prepare for their exit. But the way the tax rules works in the IRS and all that, they're not going to let you flip 
your entity structure for the benefit of uh, lowering your taxes at your exit and then exit like a month later. Okay. Big red flag. Yeah. So you need, year, you have to do that a long, long time in advance. So that's, that's an example of, of one thing. Um, another example, and I see this a lot with um, construction, you know, remodeling contractors, things like that, the trades, there's an apprenticeship period and there's often a internal transfer where you're, you're grooming that next owner, you're bringing them on, you're training them, not just in running the business, but in all the aspects of, you know, that makes you uh, a good general contractor or a good plumber, electrician or whatever, you know, that takes years of experience to develop. And so you can't just, you know, train somebody for three months and be like, okay, I think you got it figured out. So that can take years and years and years. I work with my father and we've, we've worked together since I uh, got out of college. And so we've been together now for almost 14 years. And yesterday I went to, into his office cause I had someone email me and I was like, that's an interesting question. And I want his perspective on that. And so you know, I may not agree with what he has to say all the time, but I, it's still very valuable for me to, to bounce that off of him. And so, you know, if, so that type of transfer can take a long, long, long time. And the first time you try it, it may not be successful and you have to start all over again. Yes, that, that happens all the time too. So we want to avoid that. So, okay, so we talked a little bit about things people should be doing, you know, looking at, at their financial situation currently and, and looking at possibly advantages for uh, making the, what their exit time as profitable for them as possible. What are some of the mistakes that you see a lot of owners make? Mm, yeah, well, we've already talked a lot about them, like burying your head in the sand and not understanding what your business is worth. Most owners will just, they'll use a rule of thumb valuation and be like, oh, to businesses in my industry typically sell for, you know, this, this multiple. And then they'll go on that assumption and it doesn't take into account any of the unique factors of their business. And so that can lead them down a path um, that where they can make subsequent decisions and they could get to the table with someone and maybe a buyer is willing to pay half of what they think their business is worth, but their business is actually worth what that buyer is willing to pay. So that's a very common mistake that is very easily avoidable. And so it's very frustrating to me sometimes when, when I see business owners who get very far down that path of maybe wanting to sell their business and they don't have a good sense of what it's really worth. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a lot, does there get to be a lot of emotion tied up in it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because your business, I mean, I'm a business owner too. So I know like your business is your, it's like almost like a child, you know, <laughs> it, it's this, there's a lot of blood, sweat, tears tied up in it. There's, there's, there's ego, you know, to <laughs> often on the, you know, that's a bad thing, but especially if you've been successful, um, and also your identity, that's really, that, that blindsides a lot of owners. So a lot of owners will make the mistake in 
rushing through an exit without thinking about what their post-exit life will look like and how they will bring meaning and fulfillment outside of work, especially if that's something that for years, often decades, has been a major part of their identity and their value and worth as a person. So um, that's a really common problem. You know, I don't know if you've read it, but Bo Burlingham, who used to be the editor of Inc. Magazine, wrote a book about this particular topic. And I'll be danged if I can remember the name of it right at the moment, but I will find it and we will put it in the show notes. And it's all about just what you were talking about. What's next? How do you deal with the change in you as, you know, in what you perceive yourself as being? You're no longer the owner of this company. You're, you're different. How are you going to thrive in the post ownership world. It's really yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, that's great. I haven't read that. My my dad says, you know, I I can only play golf so many days a week. I don't want to play golf every day. So uh, when you're a business owner, depending on your exit too, a lot of business owners, they think they either they're working full time or they're not working at all. But when you're a business owner, a lot of times you have the luxury of taking this hybrid approach where you're semi-retired, maybe you're still involved in the business, maybe you own less of it, maybe you've sold it completely, but you're like a consultant to the business. And so, mm-hmm. so there are lots of ways to structure it. And again, the more time that you have to plan for these things, the more options are going to be available to you, um, regardless of what path or what that post-exit life looks like. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Join us September 21st and 22nd for the annual Remodeler Summit at Gaylord National Resort and Convention Center, just outside DC. This year's theme, Homecoming, the art of building a remarkable culture, because culture eats strategy for breakfast. Featuring two-time best-selling author Deanne Turner, Joe Cursillo, the mind shark, and Henna Pryor, the secret weapon for impossible change. Plus 40 visionary speakers, 36 high-octane workshops, four education tracks, and of course, our legendary welcome party. Are you ready for homecoming? Visit RemodelerSummit.com to learn more. You know, in, in, the, in our world, when we work with our many roundtable members or remodelers across the country, a lot of the owners get to the point where they have delegated everything except you know, the overall running of the business, but also a position of working in the business, which is sales. Yes. <laughs> so how does that, if they're in that position, how does that affect their ability to sell their business for a high value? Yeah. The, the more the, the, it's very simple. The more you can remove yourself from being an essential piece of the business, the more valuable your business can be because somebody can come in and buy the business and all the pieces are in place. They don't need you. They don't need the relationships that you have with other people, um, with potential, you know, customers. So that's very challenging. It's, it's, it's a common problem in a lot of different industries where I see the owner, has has done a pretty good job of removing themselves from the day-to-day except overall strategy and sales like they're the breadwinner of the business still right and it's 
there's not an easy, you know, solution other than finding the right people. And, and then, you know, especially right now with the way the jobs market is any, you know, the owner will tell you how you, you can't hire good people. It's hard to hire and retain good people right now. So it's a, it's a major challenge. There's not an easy solution. And then once you have those people, how do you incentivize them to stay and retain them? And so you have to combine that with, you know, good incentive packages. You don't necessarily have to give them ownership or equity, um, but in some cases it makes sense in order to make sure that they stay. So there are lots of things that a business owner could do um, when they're, if they're, if they end up selling the business, and not transferring to say uh, insiders or employees, they you can structure certain bonus plans where hey you're going to get a substantial payout here if you stay 18 months after this deal is done, and that ensures that for the new buyer, that they have confidence that the people that are currently in place aren't going to leave you know right after the owner retires or right before and mess up the whole the whole deal. So there are things that you can do um to to shore that up, but there's there's no easy answer to that and it's a conversation I have with clients all the time. I bet. So if you had one big fat piece of advice for somebody who was thinking about it's time, you know, it's time to start to start thinking about it, what would you say to them? I would tell them value your business first. It's universal. There are, um, doesn't matter how big or small, what path your exit, what your timeline looks like. You absolutely need to know what your business is worth today. And with technology now, there's a, there's a tool that we use with our clients. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything and you can get a very accurate result. You don't have to pay $10,000 to get a certified valuation. You can, you can understand what your business is worth. Very, very, it takes like 10 minutes (laughs) to figure this out. So there's no excuse. Yeah. (laughs) Now, if, if people were interested in that, how would they learn more about that and learn more about you? Yeah. So the, where you, so we put a checklist together that helps you gather the essential pieces of information. So it's your revenue, pre-tax income, accounts payable. There's, there's like eight or nine pieces of data that should be at your fingertips, easy to gather. And then once you gather that information, you take it to the online valuation tool you enter the data and it provides you with an instant result of your valuation, what your business is worth today. So in order to get that, if you go to truenorthra.com forward slash value my business, you can access the checklist and then get unlimited access to that valuation tool as well. Great. We will put that in the show notes as well. Thank you very much for that, Ashley. And now I've got a question for you. Are you ready for the lightning round? I hope so. (laughs) Okay. And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right. Mark's not here. This is usually his shtick, but I get to do it today. (laughs) Woo-hoo. All right. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock, and here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? The Psychology of Money, which I'm actually reading right now. Written by Morgan Housel, H-O-U-S-E-L. And why is that your favorite business book? 
Well, it talks about psychology, which I find very fascinating and how behavior drives um, success. And, and he's brought up some things that I have never heard or seen before. And, and there's a recurring theme in the book on humility and its importance in building and maintaining wealth. And I find that very refreshing. Now, if you weren't doing this, what you're doing now being a financial planner, helping small business owners sell their businesses, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, gosh. You know, I have three young children, so I'd probably be a stay-at-home mom right now. But, you know, maybe in 10 years, uh, gosh, I don't know. I've This is all I've ever done. Um, so I have a really hard time picturing myself doing something else. What are you not very good at? Singing. Oh. <laughs> <With your sister. laughs> Terrible. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car. Which do you clean first? Uh, well, I know I'd clean last, and my husband can attest to this. That's my car. With three small uh, kids, I can yeah. imagine. Cheerios everywhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, def- I'd say definitely my room. Do you play games on your phone? Oh. No, never. What do you think of wind chimes? I don't have any, so I don't think I like them very much. I like them in other people's yards, not my own. There you go. Uh, Like like garden gnomes. Oh, I do like those. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Ashley. Hey, this was great. I appreciate all your insights and participating. Um, Delivered some great stuff. Now, before I let you go, however... I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. Yeah, I was thinking about this a lot this morning. So I think what they would be would is um, don't, I'm going to cheat because I'm going to use don't. Okay. Do not, don't regret the irreversible decisions. Now, how does that, why does that resonate with you? Well, there are certain decisions around exiting your business or even just retirement um, that are irreversible. And you don't want to look back on your life and have regret certain things that you did or decisions that you make. We make terrible decisions as human beings all the time, but it's important to understand which decisions that I make are truly irreversible. I I don't get a redo on that. And it's, it's essential for exiting your business to think through what are those irreversible decisions that I'm going to make. And I better, I better think about those and make the best decision I can so that when I get to the other side of my exit, I'm not regretting it because I didn't take the time or the, you know, the, the thought necessary to try to make the best decision I could. Very awesome. Thank you again, Ashley. This has been awesome. We appreciate you being here and you've given us a lot of good stuff to think about. So thank you very much. Thank you, Victoria. It was great to be with you. Well, folks, that was really an interesting conversation. You know, some of the things that she talked about, uh, one of the things that was really interesting was the book that she recommended. Um, And I'll find that and put it in the show notes. But I love the idea of having that humility in in your building of wealth. I'm going to read and find out what that means exactly, but I have a feeling that it follows in the philosophy of the millionaire next door, if any of you have read that. And that's all about that there are so many millionaires that 
you would never know because they they're millionaires because they live within their means and they live well but not ostentatiously and that helps them build up the wealth they need to again live very well for a very long time but you know again there's so many of us and i'm getting to be that age too you're going to start thinking about exiting your business and what you're going to be doing and the more time you give the more options you get so everybody you know what the heck take advantage of this free valuation tool let's find out uh, where you are and what you need to do to uh, improve your financial situation and for help on that get a hold of us and join our roundtables program so thank you all for being here we appreciate it and um, i look forward to seeing you again next time i'm victoria downing mark's on vacation see you next week this has been another episode of power tips unscripted the remodeler's guide to business Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.